Okay. Sorry about that. We couldn't get the music to, to stop, so that was pretty funny. Hey, Yaren, how you doing? Hey, Eric. Very good. How are you? Doing good. I hope you're enjoying that music. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It was a nice nice little tune. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we actually met before. Do you remember that? Oh, wow. No, you're calling me out for <laughs> probably not, not remembering. Uh, maybe I do remember if you enlightened yeah. me. Yeah. No, uh, I definitely didn't expect you to remember because it was only in passing. Um, you were actually hanging out. Like, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm part of the Cosmos Bases group. And you, okay. and you hung out a lot with uh, Antoine and Marty. Um, like a, a night or so, you, you guys all hung out uh, a lot. And so... Uh, Whenever you guys, I think we were at the loop party that we like, we just said hi to each other, but uh, it was only in passing, but you're so tall, I can't forget you. So, you know, uh, that, that moment stuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Apologies for, for not remembering that, that moment. Uh, I guess conferences are always, you know, like you meet so many, so many people and uh, after a while, like um, I, I kind of blur everything in one big blur so, uh, definitely um, no no yeah uh, i won't hold it good, good to reconnect yeah, yeah i won't hold it against you i'll just ask you tough questions to get back at you <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's do that um i i know that you had a a talk actually at cosmoverse which was pretty good actually so um how did you get so good at public speaking Oh man, and um, i have to admit i was actually quite nervous uh for this one because i think it was the the biggest audience I ever spoke for. Um, I've uh, I have not done so much public speaking actually uh, in the past. It's just more something like by by representing persistence in general uh, across these these conferences that I had to kind of pick up a little bit on the skill. And I have to like admit it's it's a lot of practice as well. It's not that um, this just rolls off the tongue like that. Like I, I do actually put in quite a bit of time and effort to prepare for these preparations <laughs> so that it looks natural but it's actually well prepared in a yeah. way yeah well you did a you do a great job like you you look confident up there well it helps when you know what you're talking about right so uh <laughs> that is definitely true well thank you thank you for that thank you for that compliment i hope i um i don't fall through the cracks today then in this um in this chat yeah oh no <laughs> you definitely won't like this is a very easygoing uh, space so you can feel at ease we're just going to chat pretty much and there just happens to be a couple hundred people here listening to us chat, chat. that's amazing <laughs> hi everyone um so you're in how about you tell us when did you start your journey into crypto tell me a little bit about yourself sure so um i started my journey into crypto i think as many others around like 2017 uh, just started looking into it more from a um, a personal kind of investment perspective. I just started following up on things uh, without actually deep diving, had another job um, in, in the meantime. 
Um, but only actually really like started deep diving uh, in uh, 2021, that was. Um, so about two years ago, um, when I think it was when COVID hit and like my other job was quite calm and had a little bit more time on the side to really start deep diving into it um, and kind of did, did just that actually and um, ended up uh, reconnecting with some people that uh, I knew from, from before, like old colleagues who actually moved on. Uh, from their job in, in traditional finance and consulting, like where I came from. Um, and uh, yeah, moved into crypto and kind of started reconnecting and then started really uh, looking into it in a lot more detail uh, and got kind of very excited about everything that was going on in the, in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, and uh, with that, um, with that actually joined Persistence uh, a little bit later. Um, so yeah, I've been with Persistence for uh, yeah almost two years now. Um, so with persistence, um, I'm sure we'll get to that in, in a little bit, but so with, with persistence, we're actually, uh, building an app chain, uh, which is, uh, all around liquid staking DeFi. Um, so building a whole lot uh, of things around that and like an ecosystem around liquid staking DeFi. Um, and, um, yeah, currently I lead the, um, persistence chain team, um, as well as everything that is, uh, ecosystem and partnerships, uh, developments, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's a bit uh, in short about yeah. me. And so did you try any other ecosystems or did you just like just happen to come up into persistence in the cosmos? Um, I did actually do quite a bit like myself, like personally, like on the Ethereum side. Um, but that's kind of it. Kind of that was more on a personal level, but on a professional level, always been with persistence and within the cosmos ecosystem. Although even with Persistence, we do actually have one of our projects that actually looks outwards of the Cosmos ecosystem as well uh, on the Ethereum and on the BNB side. Um, so that's the way I got into touch with these, uh, these ecosystems as well. Uh, we also have some things around Solana and uh, Avalanche. Um, but to be honest, like on the Bitcoin side, I've been very, very little, a little involved. So I'm curious to, um, to chat with yeah. you about uh, scaling Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, you're, you're not joking that all of our journeys seem to be very similar because I also got into crypto 2017. Uh, a friend of mine, I, like my experience with, with crypto had just been like hearing about Bitcoin, hearing how it was used for like money laundering or, you know, black markets. And so <laughs> I was at this negative perspective about it. And so I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to fall for that. Um, but then a buddy of mine was just like, Hey man, like this is a really good opportunity. It was, he brought it up to me more of a, as an investment, but then I, I saw the potential in the technology, but you know, like I, I got on just before the, the big, uh, crash happened, the big bear market and, uh, you know, got demoralized. So I, I didn't sell, I didn't <laughs> sell though, but I, um, I just kind of like stepped away. And so I would periodically, look at news and stuff but like around the same time like right when the pandemic happened whenever it went even lower my same friend was like hey we should like this this thing is gonna go up so we should like buy in right now and so <laughs> you know like it's just been uh how did that work out it, it worked yeah. out good except i never sell so that's my problem like i never seen <laughs> so I, 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 I just keep accumulating and never take profits so you know to each their own i oh, guess that's <laughs> That's one way, one way of doing it. But you know, actually, like um, when I was like really young, I'm, and I'm talking like twenty, must have been like twenty ten, something like that. Like, you know, when when did Bitcoin start? What two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I believe. Yeah, two 
2009, yeah. So it must have been like 2000, I think 10, maybe like very young. I was like, I don't know, I was maybe 14 years old or so, um, 15 years old, something like that. And I started like, actually at some point I know I was mining Bitcoin uh, through, like, I don't know what I was doing, but like I had absolutely no clue what the technology behind it was. But for some reason I came across it. And I know like I was mining like a few Satoshis like a day or whatever it was. But um, then at some point, like there was no relevance to it at that point for me. And I think I completely, <laughs> completely lost track of it um, until literally like um, must have been yeah seven, eight years later. Um, tried to look at like if I ever could find the computer <laughs> yeah. I was using to do it, but never, but never found it. And like um i mean i I'm, I'm sure it was not much yeah. like i'm sure it was never more than a couple of satoshis from, but it would have been fun to find it and actually yeah. see when it when it exactly started but um yeah so so so, to, so be so it to our listeners there's a computer out there that has a few satoshis so be on the lookout <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, I doubt it will be very valuable but um, anyway feel free to look and be curious <laughs> That that is so cool that you actually did that though. Like, uh, I, I wish I had you know similar story to that, but um, that that would have been neat if you could have found it for sure. Um, <laughs> so I know that you don't follow Bitcoin as much, but how do you view Bitcoin? Like, what's the reason that? Uh, I think this is a two part question. One is like, how do you view Bitcoin, and then what's the reason that you're not following it as closely? Mm. I mean. Uh... I think it's still the most important asset in the industry that we're we're all in, right? Like uh, in a way, I, I do recognize that, and in, in a way, like I uh, I see it as such as well. Where uh, Bitcoin is still um, the standard of of crypto in a way, um, and uh, I mean, it was the first. It's, it's the largest by by market cap, um, and and overall, I think like in general, like a lot of things move together with with Bitcoin. If, if Bitcoin does well, many other like things do well as well. If it goes the other way, then then often that's very similar uh, as well. And in a way, I recognize that, and I, I think that's also like the way it it is at this stage. And I don't really see that changing very very quickly. Um, and maybe that's not that's not necessary either, right? Um, so in that case, like or in that sense, like quite quite a, a fan of Bitcoin, um, especially like with the the store of value narrative that that it has had. Um, why I don't follow it that much. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I it's it's of course it's the first asset that is tracked in my portfolio, and like with that, like I I kind of see the price of it every day. So that's um, that's one. But in terms of why I'm not following it that closely is is because I'm just like super busy on the on the cosmos side and on the uh, on the persistence side, like with what we are building, um, and I am kind of attracted a little bit more to towards everything that's uh, smart contract development, uh, liquid staking. Uh, DeFi, maybe a lot of use cases that are not so um, so easy to to do at this moment with uh, with Bitcoin itself, right? So that's why uh, that's not really my main point of focus at this stage. You know, like you're absolutely right because I've my knowledge about Bitcoin has grown exponentially ever since I joined Babylon, and it's because we're working with Bitcoin. So it's kind of unfair. Like my job actually has to do with Bitcoin. So of course I'm gonna be hearing more about it, <laughs> you know, or doing stuff with it. Of course. So yeah, you're you're 100 right. Um, so, we're, like, I know you're not following it closely. Did you know, like, you know how it? There's not that much data available on the blockchain, so it can get congested. People complain about 
mm-hmm. about how expensive it is whenever that happens. Like, uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I, a lot of people think that's one of the downfalls of Bitcoin. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's clear that there is um, enough demand to kind of create that that scarcity, right? Um, and in a way that kind of leads to these um, to these problems. Um, so, in a way, I think it's a validation of the um, of the the value proposition of uh, of Bitcoin as as such. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think about it, um, but it's the same. That, I mean, you see it in other ecosystems as well. Like Ethereum has has had the same issue in, in a way, and um, I'm sure there are like a lot of people and a lot of brain power already trying to solve these uh, issues. So uh, in, in a way, I'm sure that over time, all these things will will be resolved as long as there is like um, market adoption or like product market fit in a way. Uh, I do think like all these scaling issues are just like a, a bump in the road and will will be resolved at some point. Um, of course, it's easier if they were if they wouldn't be there. Um, but I guess each has its own its own battles to to fight and resolve. Yeah, for for us personally at Babylon, we actually saw this as a as an opportunity because we you know the congestion happened and we actually it was like a test. We we actually were able to keep doing what we we're doing with timestamping. So it, it was a mm-hmm. good way of just seeing like the stress on the system, you know. So it, it was pretty cool. Like at first it was scary because it was really expensive to timestamp. But when we saw that, you know, what we did worked, it was really exciting. And so we wanted to share that with people like, hey, this was a big test for us. And, and then and we passed it with flying colors. So it, it was really good. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, like – like, where do you live at in the world? I just want to know, like, some of the U.S. news gets to you. Um, I'm currently based in Portugal, um, actually, which is Você um, fala... a nice country, especially in Você the summer. Você fala português? Um, not, not really. <laughs> I, I always say, desculpe, não fala português. That's as much as I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Very limited, unfortunately. Haven't had the time to dive into it. Although I do understand it a little bit. Like it's it's quite similar to French in, in a way. And I do understand French. So um, in a way, like I understand it, but it's so hard to yeah. speak. It's a very tough, tough accent, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like I don't speak Portuguese that much. I had a few friends growing up that were from Brazil. But it's really similar to Spanish, and I speak Spanish. So uh, I can understand a lot of it. But I always feel like Portuguese people can understand what I'm saying more than I can understand what they're saying. But it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> like, I, I always wanted to learn more. So I hope you get to practice and, and learn it more. One day, one day. (laughs) Yeah. So the reason I was asking you is because here in the U.S., um, and I'm sure for Bitcoin in general, lately there's been this news about BlackRock, this this financial institution um, requesting um, to be able to sell like Bitcoin ETFs. And so a lot of people have been Mm -hmm. bullish on that. So I don't know if you heard about that or if it's something that um, that you had any thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, I I saw it like somewhere on, on Twitter if I remember um, from from far uh, but yeah I mean I think again like it's it's a great sign and of, of kind of showing the growing acceptance of uh, of crypto um, outside of the industry and more towards like traditional finance right um, in a way it kind of increases again like the, the accessibility to a broader investor base I, I guess um, and um, yeah I, I guess with that like it, it kind of always stays top of mind and, and and to me it's 
um, it's often Bitcoin that kind of opens the door to many other things, right? Bitcoin might be a first um, for for certain things, and then kind of brings the rest of the industry um, to to the same things as well. So in a way, like super positive and super bullish on on that news. Um, sometimes I do think like <laughs> like it is necessary as well at this stage because of all the negative uh, news around like regulatory concerns and, and things like that, especially coming out of the US. Um, so once in a while, it's nice to hear um, the the bullish things as well coming up um, from that perspective. Yeah, that, that's a very good point because you always hear the the bad stuff, but it's nice to have some good stuff because then you're like, you know, maybe this isn't going to all burst and we're all going <laughs> to lose out. Good, good, correct. You have some things to say at like family events where everyone's like, are you are you still in in Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> so the, this will be like, I want to thank you so much because I know that you know it, this being focused on Bitcoin solely right now is not the easiest so thank you for being a good sport this will be the last bitcoin focused question for a while okay <laughs> no, no worries i actually I'm, I'm actually enjoying this like for once i don't have to talk too much about the, oh, the things we always talk about that, so. that's what i like to do i like to like make this space different than what you would normally do because there's always like the set set of normal questions that you always answer and so um it, it's mm -hmm. just fun to you know be able to do something different for it for a change <laughs> hundred percent. So uh, uh, my parents are from El Salvador and right now we love the president over there. You know, he's ba he's made Bitcoin legal <laughs> Tinder. He's like fixing everything. So obviously yeah. that means, you know, better adoption. So uh, what I was going to ask you is like, do you think that's a good move uh, for a, for a nation to actually make Bitcoin or, or a cryptocurrency into legal Tinder? Um, and do you, do you think like that's going to be the norm? Like, how, like, or are we all going to wait to see what, happens with El Salvador before, you know, we, something more keeps happening. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about these things like too much. I do think it's like a super interesting experiment of sorts, um, especially like in, uh, in an economy like that. Um, I, I don't know, to, to be honest, like where this is going to go and whether there's many other countries that are going to adopt that. In a way, I do kind of agree that we, we have to try and find other ways um, when it comes to like finding global reserve assets. Um, like uh, I think the US dollar is maybe losing its status a little bit as that like global reserve asset or might lose it like um, overall like in, in the future. And I do think it, it's really interesting and, and important as well to experiment with alternatives and whether that will be Bitcoin or, or another cryptocurrency or like a, um, what's it called, like a central bank uh, type of digital currency. Um, I don't know what's what's the best method, but I'm I'm happy that people are and then countries are experiment, experimenting with it at at such a level um, because at some point, like the I think the, the US dollar to to me might not be the best way out of this <laughs> and and then the current global um, economic situation. So in a way, like yeah, super super cool to see. Um, but I haven't really, really thought it through, like on a personal level, like what it means and where it's heading. Yeah. No, that, that that's fair, and you know, hopefully. What about you? Um, oh man, you put me on the spot. So, well, <laughs> well obviously, I'm a little biased just because uh, my people in El Salvador have struggled for 40 years, ever since we had a civil war over there. My my dad came, uh, you know, looking for a better life. I, I live here in the United States, and. Um, so it's been corrupt. Like usually there's two sides to the government. There's a conservative side, there's a liberal side. In El Salvador, those both of those sides have been corrupt. And so it no matter what the people lose, 
And so this new president has been for neither left or the right. And he is, you know, all about helping people out. And so I'm a little biased because I, I see my family that's still in El Salvador. They're just having a better life. And so when I see that all these changes are happening, that Bitcoin has, has had a large part to do with like this newfound um, source of wealth for the country. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish. And so I, 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 it's hard for me to detach myself because of that, you know. But I, I definitely think it's going to help with um, just acceptance of crypto. And it, it can only help, you know, the adoption. Uh, in my in my opinion definitely definitely yeah that that's nice to hear and uh, I, I agree with that like uh, yeah i mean adoption in a way like will will take time and it's like it starts with maybe one country but it can kind of snowball into many others uh, adopting it as well at some point like especially if the experiment kind of turns out well right so um no super super cool to hear that yeah so let me um let, like let's shift you know a little bit from bitcoin uh, the, there was an audience question that is asking. I don't know how closely you're following mm -hmm. us in Babylon, but you know, um, did you know that we just did an upgrade to our Babylon um, protocol? It's uh, version 0 0.72 that allows you to build smart contracts. Wow! Tell me more. <laughs> so it just means. No, I was. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a latest upgrade. It just means that people can develop and build on top of Babylon. Um, so, it, you know, like dApps and, you know, other things like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, for something like you, like, I don't know, like, how, like, techie you are. Like, I know that you're really good with the development, right? Is Yeah, I mean, quick, quick question, like, on the smart contracts, is that enabled through Cosmosm? Yes, yes or? through Cosmosm. Got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah, sorry, please continue your question. I, I interrupted. Oh, no. So I was, I was just going to ask you, like, if you had any ideas on, like, like, because uh, oh, does persistence have also that capability of being, like, of having Cosmosm? Yes, correct. So we have that. So maybe, I mean, maybe I can talk mm -hmm. a little bit more now about, like, persistence yeah. and what exactly we are doing. Maybe that's, I think, a, a good time to kind of shift to yeah, that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but so persistence um, is a chain. Basically, it's a chain. Um, it's an app chain, as we call it, based on the Cosmos SDK. Um, so it's a proof of stake um, protocol, basically, um, which um, focuses solely on uh, liquid staking and liquid staking DeFi. So the chain is called persistence. Um, persistence trying to build an ecosystem around like liquid staking and DeFi. And the first protocol that came on top of persistence um, was built um, was was called P-Stake, um, or is still called P-Stake. P-Stake is actually, uh, it's a multi-chain liquid staking protocol that does the issuance of liquid staked assets um, for tokens uh, in order, for proof of stake tokens mainly, um, in order to kind of um, give the benefits um, of uh, liquidity to users that are actually staking. So not sure how familiar the audience is with proof of stake like given it's it's a it's a bitcoin uh bitcoin session um but overall like in proof of stake you have to lock up your tokens uh in order to uh, secure the network uh, so you basically especially on the cosmos side so it's delegated proof of stake you basically delegate or, or you stake your tokens on a specific validator um who then uh participates in the network consensus and kind of secures uh, secures the chain now, the biggest issue with that is that your assets are locked and you can't really do much with them, right? Um, and that's one of the issues that liquid staking solves. 
Liquid staking um, is actually aiming to give you back the liquidity of the tokens that you use to secure the chain and to stake um, so that you can still gain your staking rewards for that. So staking basically gives you a, gives you a, a return on your staking, uh, so which which typically called staking rewards. Um, so and with liquid staking, you actually get a liquid stake derivative um, or liquid stake tokens um, that is representative for the amount of stake that you hold in, uh, in the network. And what it does is basically it allows you to uh, keep your tokens staked and still participate in DeFi applications with uh, with those tokens, um, so that you can actually increase the capital efficiency of your uh, proof of stake tokens. And so that's what the P stake protocol does. Um, that's built on top of the persistence chain, uh, but it's also in in two other ecosystems at this stage. Um, so there's a liquid staking uh, version or liquid staked version of uh, ETH, uh, and there's a liquid staked version of BNB um, on the on the Binance Smart Chain. And then within the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, there's a liquid staked um, version of Atom, which we call SDK Atom, um, which is uh, the biggest asset in the, in the Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah. Um, so that's what PStake does. And um, now with the next chain upgrade, we'll be able to expand that uh, through, uh, to a lot more uh, various assets. Um, so that's the first part of the puzzle, or actually the <laughs> second part. So you have the chain, the, the chain persistence, and then you have PStake as liquid staking protocol. And then a third part that is also already there is a DEX. It's called Dexter. Um, Dexter is um, is um, a DEX that focuses on the trading of liquid stake assets or, or yield generating assets in general. Um, so it's kind of optimized. It's um, it's, tra- it's a different trading pools or liquidity pools to trade um, assets that are uh, typically closely related to each other because you have the uh, the staked asset and the asset or the underlying asset. Uh, in a pool, and then that, that kind of comes with specific trading benefits so that you can reduce the impermanent loss, uh, have very low slippage on these type of trades and things like that. So that's just, that's the, like the third part of the of the puzzle. And the rest of the puzzle is kind of still um, in the works, um, but planning to, um, to also have um, a uh, money market, um, basically where you can borrow and lend against your uh, liquid staked assets. Um, and then those things together are kind of really the building blocks for even further uh, DeFi applications, um, such as like uh, vaults or like um, leveraged liquid staking products, uh, things like that. And so except for P-Stake, which is built in a modular fashion uh, on top of the chain, uh, which is in, in Golang, um, the other apps uh, are all built in Cosmosm. Um, and Cosmosm is, um, is basically what brought us to this, <laughs> to this topic. Um, the same as what you guys use on, on, on Babylon now, apparently. Um, so that's kind of the overview and how we are using Cosmosm to to build other things. So yeah, super excited to to hear about Babylon as well and, and the um, the use cases you kind of foresee with Cosmosm being enabled on your chain. So also, is it fully permissioned or is it permissionless? Or so um, it's it's going to be permissionless. So I don't know if that's the case right now with this first iteration, but I know that's where it's going. But I, I wanted to, like you mentioned, you actually talked about a lot of things and you made me have so many questions. So hopefully I remember them all. <laughs> so um, when I first actually heard about Babylon, was it the same place I met you at Cosmoverse? Uh, I saw David talking up on stage and he blew my mind because um, he was he was so good at talking and just like what he was talking about um, was crazy. Like you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, POS chains and how uh, their assets have to be locked for a certain time frame. 
And so whenever, I don't know, I don't know how familiar you are with how Babylon works. I know that we have, um, we're, we have an announced partnership that's working on, but I don't know, like if you're aware, mm-hmm. aware of like every. I've, yeah, I've, I've followed it quite, quite. I mean, I actually, I saw that presentation as okay. well. Um, and ever since like, yeah, kind of high level stay aware um, of what's happening. Of course, don't know all the technical mm-hmm. details, um, but yeah, high level, high level quite yeah. aware. So whenever he talked about like shortening the time of having to lock in your tokens, I, I like, I, I just like everyone else thought, oh man, like this is going to compete with liquid staking, right? Um, like, oh, you, you can have your assets in five, six hours instead of waiting 14, 21 days. But now, like even with our partnership um, and with other liquid staking protocols, we see that they can actually work together. So I just thought, you know, that that's very cool because you're just giving security to the users that are using all these different protocols. But um, that that part, like I thought was really neat was that a lot of like me, like even me when I first heard it personally, I thought that what Babylon's doing and what, and what a liquid staking protocol would actually be competing with each other. They're actually not. They actually can work together uh, doing that. So I don't. I don't know if whenever you heard it, you thought the same thing, or if you were, you know, a lot higher level thinker than I am, and so you knew already, you know, that it was going to go down a different road. But I just thought that was really interesting when I first heard it. Yeah, I mean, in in general, I mean, I typically try to think about like collaboration before competition, <laughs> in a way. Um, and I, I do think like it actually brings um, brings a lot of um, how do you use synergies in, in in a way, right? Like in the end, I think what we all care about is the end experience for um, for the user um, and the security that that comes with um, with the products that you offer. Um, and I guess if um, if you have solutions like like Babylon that actually make it possible to improve the user experience and kind of get rid of that like ridiculously long 21 day waiting period um, or unbonding period without losing anything in terms of security, um, then I do think that's that's a pro for for the end user. And then even even if it would be like competing with us, because in, in a way, like I think one of our protocols, like like PSTAKE or one of the implementations, um, has actually an instant redemption fee. Um, and then I think as if you liquid stake, you could actually um, transfer from your liquid staked assets to um, to normal staked assets, um, and you can actually sell. Um, sorry, to normal assets, not not even staked assets. You can basically sell them on on secondary markets, right? Like in on a Dex, for example, and immediately like exit your position. Um, and in in a way, that's also like what we want with liquid staking, right? Like you want to be able to kind of exit your uh, your position. Um, so I think we're actually working towards the same thing, which is kind of convenience for the user and the ability to do what they want to do uh, without uh, hurting the the security while doing so. Um, and in that sense, like for us, the the security aspect of of Babylon is just super interesting, given the the market cap and the economic security that that Bitcoin can bring. Um, but um, yeah, overall, I think it, it just makes a lot of sense. And I, I know you wanted to mention, you know, Babylon security, but you also working in other security things with persistence, right? C- correct. I mean, we're exploring things at this stage. Um, I think the technology itself is still very uh, nascent for, for the people who don't really follow um, Cosmos closely. Um, basically, the Cosmos Hub now uh, offers something called replicated security. Um, 
it's a it's a method in which um, like two proof of stake networks can kind of work together and and one chain offers uh, their economic security to the other chain. Um, currently, there's um, there's one chain already using that so that they don't have to have their own validator set who kind of secures the network, but they rely on the validator set of the of the bigger one. So the Cosmos Hub in this case um, to provide security to the to the other chain, which I think is a is a beautiful model because uh, like you don't have to bootstrap your own validator set, um, but still you can kind of use the uh, huge amount of economic security that comes from from the bigger chain. And that's a first, and we're looking at that for, for persistence as well, whether that's uh, potentially an opportunity um, for us to also like further align with, with the Cosmos Hub. Um, there's also another thing that is still relatively nascent, um, but, but very interesting as well. It's still something called mesh security. Uh, mesh security would be actually through the use of smart contracts in, in Cosmos and uh, multiple chains kind of securing each other um, by staking their tokens like on, on the various chains. Um, also still in a very exploratory stage for us at this stage, but uh, it's definitely something that's possible and that we're looking at. Um, and then there's actually another option. Um, still haven't looked at it in like in, in very much detail, but it's called Alliance, um, something developed or that came out of the, the Terra ecosystem. Um, which kind of is like somewhere in between, if I understand it correctly, between these like various uh, shared security um, models. Um, so it's definitely something that's on our roadmap. I do think we have a lot of things to deliver first in the next uh, couple of weeks. We have a big, big upgrade coming uh, coming up. Um, but after that, our focus will shift um, a little bit more towards uh, all these models of of, um, of um, yeah replicated security or shared security. Thank you for that. You actually did an amazing job of like, explaining in very simple terms what replicated is and what mesh security is. So thank you for that. That you, I think you made it really easy for the for the listener to understand the difference and and how the, each one of those work. Trying, trying, trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, persistence isn't the only liquid staking protocol in the cosmos. What makes y'all different than Quicksilver or Stride? And I don't even know—is there more than just those other two? Um, currently, I think it's those, yeah, those three. I mean, PSTEC plus those two, and then uh, I do believe Lido is looking at launching as well uh, through uh, through another chain, which is called Neutron. Um, again, I think in a smart contract implementation. I think those are the the big ones um, at this stage. In terms of differences, I mean, I think they're all relatively similar um, in a way, like uh, in terms of like what they provide, like they all try to do the same thing, right? In a way, like you want to um, create liquid stake tokens and you want to create utility for those uh, in, in various DeFi integrations. Um, I think that the difference or the main differentiator on our side is that, so PStake is, is the protocol that does the liquid staking, um, which I think is in nature very similar to, uh, to Stride or, or to Quicksilver with, of course, like a few differences in implementation. But I think if you would be similar all using like, interchain accounts and things like that. Um, but I think for PSTEC, the main differentiator is that they're actually part of the wider ecosystem, which is persistence. And that's something that that's, uh, Stride and Quicksilver at this stage are not doing um, or not looking at. Um, and um, I do think that opens up a lot of interesting use cases where you can ex- abstract away a little bit more of the complexity um, when it comes to having like to do multiple chain, multiple things on uh, on one chain, so 
I'll give an example. Because there is a DEX on the persistence chain, you could actually liquid stake your tokens and um, immediately kind of provide liquidity of those tokens on, uh, on a DEX without having to IBC your tokens between various chains. Um, so that kind of just makes the, the user experience a little bit easier um, as long as um, the, um, how do I say, as, as long as the um, experience between like transferring tokens between various chains is, st is still quite complicated at this stage. I don't think we're to that level of abstraction where it's really easy to kind of use any token that you want in any ecosystem without even having to think like on which chain is this token living, right? Um, and as long as we're not there, um, I do think like the, the value proposition for P-Stake and persistence uh, of having that all in, in one chain, like a, an, an app chain around liquid staking DeFi is quite uh, quite big an advantage for the, for the user experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it would seem so like, yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that it does seem like it's a, an advantage, you know, to, to be able to have that. Um, well, what do you what what are your biggest challenges um, that that you guys face or that you've overcome or that you see coming up? Um, I mean, there's I guess a few challenges in, in liquid state liquid staking. I guess um, there's always the, the security aspect. I think it's it's new and nascent, and in a way, um, staking in a proof of stake network kind of touches on the security aspect uh, of things. Um, so I guess making sure that everything is like super super secure. Um, I think that's uh, that's the first challenge, um, and um, but yeah, it's it's some that some that is also like one of the top priorities, right? or even the top priority, I guess. Um, then, um, I guess in terms of other challenges, it's kind of building that um, that liquidity for each of the liquid stake tokens that you do. Um, it's not that straightforward. Uh, it involves a lot of incentivizing initially. Um, it involves a lot of um, creating use cases, integrations, um, because the actual issuance of the liquid stake token itself, that's relatively easy. Um, like you can easily make liquid staked assets, um, but it only becomes really relevant or useful once you have a lot of use cases and you can actually use those uh, LSTs in various DeFi protocols. Um, so really like building all of that out, like making all the right partnerships, integrations, building liquidity for each of these tokens, um, so that you can actually also use them, um, I think that's that's one of the bigger challenges. Um, and then I I do think like overall, but it's it's more like a, an overall crypto challenge at this stage. I think is the regulatory um, uncertainty that just comes naturally with um, with everything as crypto at this stage. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the main challenges I see yeah. at this stage. Yeah, and, and I would say that last one, the regulatory, is the one that everyone's the most nervous about, and I think it's a challenge for everyone in the space, right? So, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that 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 one is a one that we want answers to already. We just want to know so then we can operate, you know, within those those regulations. Co correct, absolutely, and then I think that's that's a thing, right? Like it just. It's fine. I think I think everyone at this stage is like fine if there are rules, uh, which there should be. Um, but just don't don't be too like vague about it, and then then like say afterwards after the facts. Like, yeah, this is now not according to the rules. Yeah, but yeah because there are no rules. Well, they, they <laughs> I just, guess we're all on that. Yeah. They just drag it out. They don't understand it. I feel like so they're just dragging it out, dragging it out until they can decide. Oh, this would benefit us or something like that. Yeah. It's just... But to be honest, like I also don't really blame the regulator for not understanding it. Like I'm, I'm literally doing this like twenty four seven full time, and I don't 
understand everything. <laughs> That's like, a good point. I don't, I don't even I don't even know like how you even started regulating something like this. Like, I do think it's like a, a very very complex job to to regulate the the industry. It also moves so fast. Like, I wonder how if ever like they'll be able to keep up with with the innovation that comes and regulate it accordingly. <laughs> I do think it's like I mean to, to kind of like understand them them as well a little bit but i do think it's really really complicated yeah yeah it, it definitely you know uh it's it's gonna take um a lot of people and people that have been in the space i think to help you know be part of that regular uh putting up the regulation so who knows when that's actually gonna happen i think it's gonna be definitely down the road definitely yeah so uh, up, up here on the Nest, I just uh, posted our, our tweet about our integration with Persistence. Um, can you tell me like some of the things that you guys are excited about? Um, about I, You mentioned security a lot, so we know that that's like a top priority for Persistence. So what makes you excited about getting that Bitcoin security over there? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's like, um, it's definitely a win-win in, in this stage, like where um, I mean, having that, that Bitcoin networks timestamping um, can be uh, can be used. I do think it's quite unique in in in, in a way um, to bring that um, to uh, to the persistence chain, a chain where you know in, when it comes to liquid staking, like you see, our TVL could actually go up quite quickly, but our own like token and economic security that comes with it might might not even rise like rise as fast as as all the liquid staking tokens that we're bringing. So in a way. It just makes sense for us to kind of try and bring in as much as much security as we can uh, through uh, through these options. Um, so yeah, and, and and with that, like inheriting uh, Bitcoin security, I do think is like a, a huge win for that. Um, with already like the use case that we discussed, like faster unbonding times, like a few hours compared to like twenty one days. Um, specifically for us, like I think um, of all proof of stake chains. Um, we actually have one of the highest staking ratios in the industry. I do think we're like at 81 or 82% of our entire token supply is actually staked. Um, so with that, like the, the faster unbonding, I do think uh, creates uh, some interesting um, scenarios for like, for like use cases. Um, and um, yeah, still kind of being aware of, of uh, the risks that um, that it otherwise like would have. If you, I mean, we can like with new innovations like the the liquid staking module, um, and with like liquid staking in general, there are ways to kind of go go away from those twenty one days unbonding periods, but it would kind of hamper the security. So with with uh, the synergies that we have with Babylon, I do think that's nice, um, and um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, the last thing is maybe um, more that like like we can protect certain important like on-chain transactions maybe. I, I don't know. Like I have to look at it in, in a bit more detail and in terms of use cases, I, I do think we have a little bit of time as well before it's going uh, to mainnet. Um, but um, like, like Bitcoin timestamping significant transactions, uh, for example, we have like a, an epoch transaction uh, which happens every epoch i think is one day or, or every two days or so um which is very important um so maybe that could be part of the the time stamping uh, i don't know like things like these i do think like are quite exciting to to look at um if that makes sense yeah no that that's exciting because we definitely want to think of other use cases for you know what we do 
And we're, we're not just uh, timestamping. There's actually, we want to bring more value to, you know, crazy. this sounds crazy, bring more value to Bitcoin and more use cases for it. So it's not just timestamping. That's going to be a huge part of what we do. But we also know that there's like three facets to um, to what Bitcoin does. There's like data, there's assets. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you, you knew this, but we, we recently had some articles written about us because uh, there's something we're working on. We already have the sauce. We're not going to reveal it yet, but uh btc staking have have you heard about that i i heard about it but like i think i um heard about it today if i'm not mistaken <laughs> um so my context oh, is very limited at this stage um but i, I heard yeah. about it like in preparation of um of, of today's interview <laughs> in, in a way gotcha gotcha so basically um what makes it different is that you keep custody of your bitcoin mm -hmm. You don't have to rely on a third party. You don't have to use a bridge. And so you're able just to stake your BTC to secure POS chains. And so, or just to, you know, actually get rewards on POS chains. So it's, it's something I think that's going to be pretty, pretty big. And it's just like no one else is doing nice. it. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That, I mean, that, that to me sounds a little bit similar to the concept of, um, of alliance or, or like mesh security in a way, like staking some tokens uh, of a specific network to earn the staking rewards uh, of another network um, by providing security at the same time. Um, so yeah. that's really, yeah. really cool. Um, so you'll have staked Bitcoin in a way. Yeah, and, and it makes us excited because there's a lot of people who just have their Bitcoin kind of doing nothing, you know, so... And and it, they can do it in a way that is safer. And, you know, a lot of people try to do stuff with their ETH, their Bitcoin, and then that other protocol or, mm -hmm. you know, DEX gets rug pulled or something. And so they lose it. But here you have you keep your custody. So mm, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah and, and, and in that case, I think cool. we, we should talk about liquid staked BTC. Huh? If I mean, if we can stake it, <laughs> yeah, I think you can probably liquid stake yeah. it and kind of add on even yeah. more benefits for the users so they can use it in DeFi yeah. again. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I was thinking. So, yeah, we definitely have to, you know, think of all the possible options and then see how we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Wow, that opens a, a lot of opportunities, I think. That, that would be huge, uh, I guess, for liquid staking as a whole, where, like, just if all of a sudden you open that market cap of Bitcoin to it, like, that's that would be a huge enabler. So that's, um, yeah, that's awesome to see. Like, uh, I have to read up on, <laughs> on your latest, um, I think, um, because that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We'll definitely like share some stuff with you, and uh, and we'll do it also here with the community. You know, like we'll have more information coming out about that soon. So, um, I know that we're gonna have a, um, like a, we have a, we're gonna have a whitelist available so that people can see kind of like a demo or something mm -hmm. um, in the future. So yeah, there'll, there'll be some cool stuff happening. So definitely want to keep keep uh, track of what we're doing and be able to see that stuff will be really neat amazing amazing i mean I, I know we're already connected on our test nets right um so yeah i yeah. hope to uh yeah to be part of the the testing and things like that 100 percent. is there anything else that you would like to to touch on i, I feel like we, we've had a pretty good conversation but I definitely want you to be able to you know talk about anything that, that you want to share about resistance um i mean i do think I've, I've said a lot of things already um i mean one thing i would like it's more on a personal level like are you going to cosmoverse again this year <laughs> yeah so we can see each other so i i do want to go you'll you'll have to ask shalini in the crowd if she wants to send me 
who do who do we have to ask? Shalini in the in the crowd. Shalini, can we get Eric to go again, please? Yeah, that's perfect. Put live pressure. I love it. But yeah, so I'll I'll definitely want to go. We'll we'll see if if I'm able to make it. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to to go out to Turkey and just like that experience going to Colombia and networking was amazing. That's I got connected to Babylon. Like they um they really like just whenever I saw David up there, like I told you, I was like, man, that's such a cool concept. And so I had a space through Cosmos Spaces shortly afterwards, just because they were like the one that really stood out to me. And um, yeah, it, and then, you know, just networking afterwards with, with like all these important people is, is really a, an awesome experience to have people that, that have the same passion, have the same goals and just being together in one place is, is really amazing. Yeah, 100%. I agree, especially I do think like a lot of us, I mean, including myself, work like fully remote. Um, so I always like like to go to the conferences, see some people of the team, but also like a lot of a lot of other people. So that's always always really fun and, and like uh, tiring in a way because it's like nonstop, like from morning to late evenings. Um, but it's always like really rewarding as well, really fun. Yeah, and for me, because I'm used to doing spaces, um, it's it's really fun to finally put an actual face to the people you talk to. <laughs> Um, so that, that's always neat is to, to meet people you've talked to for a long time and then, you know, get to actually meet them. You're like, Hey, this is a real friendship. We, it's, it wasn't just, you know, a show on spaces. <laughs> and, and, and you hope the people look uh, enough like their profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know if you look like your bad kid. <laughs> um, I could, if I put on a red t-shirt and open my mouth, I think yeah. I, I could. Yeah. I'm not too far off. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, um I let's see uh, for Babylon. I'm trying to think if we have any an- announcements. I know that we um we just finished our NFT challenge. Voting ended 2 days ago and we're about to announce that on and announce our winners. Uh we will have more campaigns coming. Um but I think that that's it for my side. Nice. Uh, and it was so much fun talking to you like you're like I said you're a great speaker. You really explain things so well so i want to thank you and the team for you know wanting to do the space with us no no thank you it was an absolute pleasure it was really fun talking to you like it was really fun to do a slightly different kind of type of space um it was uh, really cool uh, really appreciate the uh, the invitation and uh, happy to do this again uh, some point later in the future maybe closer to uh, to go live yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we will definitely do that, man. Okay, so sounds good. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us, and uh, thank you again, Jorn, for for coming on and, and being a good sport talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin for the win. <laughs> thank you, everyone. <laughs> have a good evening. All right, everyone, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Bye bye.